0: So yesterday we chatted to who we believe might be New Zealand's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And we asked what, what you listeners love about New Zealand. I thought we were going to get lots of responses.
1: Yeah, it was kind of telling, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we got one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry that you don't love New Zealand, everyone else. But the one person that did tell us about what they love about Aotearoa in New Zealand said, Dairies, just the name of the shop being dairy. But it is uh, uniquely New Zealand, the word dairy.
1: Yeah, they don't really call them dairies in other countries, do they?
0: Because yeah. I lived in the UK for four years, and I remember the first time I told someone I was popping to the dairy. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think dairies were really a thing in Paris.
0: What are they called there?
1: Well, I mean, they weren't really a thing. Like, I would buy my cigarettes from the cigarette store, I would buy my yeah. meat from the butcher, I would buy yeah. my pastries from the bakery. Um we can talk about this all day, but um, Shall we? I think we're probably getting the eye. I can feel it through the computer screen. So kia ora. this is Newsable. I'm Emil,
0: And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. In her first ever interview since Today FM was taken off air more than three months ago, Tova O'Brien joins us and tells us what was going through her head that day.
1: Also, it's finally here. The FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 begins tonight. So what should we expect as the football ferns face off against Norway?
0: Hey, great news. Inflation's dropped. A bit. But today, we want to go back to the very beginning and find out how and why this cost-of-living crisis started.
1: Plus, not only is the football starting tonight... But the Barbie movie is also out. If there's too much going on, are you sick of winning yet? Because guess what? We're going to talk about it.
0: We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Usable. Usable
2: takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support.
0: Tova O'Brien is one of the country's most high-profile journalists. She was a household name during COVID when her dogged questioning in the 1pm briefings was about as close as we all got to any form of sports during lockdown.
1: Yes, she's interviewed the President of Ukraine. Her interview with Jamie Lee Ross post-election 2020 gained her global attention. She's hosted, of course, her own radio show. And now she is joining Stuff. And she is with us now. Hey, Tova
2: hey guys this is my first um, joining of stoppers with you two which is terribly exciting I've been listening to the podcast and loving it
1: glorious oh
0: thanks
1: this must feel a bit different to the last time you're on here
2: it sure does yep yeah, I'm gonna watch my language a bit more and <laughs> I'm feeling much more related rather than um, completely and utterly deflated
0: you're pretty sure uh, they f- us uh, will be one of the finalists for quote of the year of course that's what you said live what was going through your mind in that moment can you tell us? I don't really think anything
2: was going through my mind it was a I think it was probably what I said was testament to the fact that it was just a very visceral reaction to the absolute shock and devastation that we were all feeling that day there wasn't really time to Think or to process emotion or, or anything really. So it was kind of, yeah, it was just the ultimate expression of raw emotion.
1: So t- tell us about the new job, Tova. What what is your job title and what's your understanding of what you're actually going to do?
2: Yeah, it's terribly exciting. So the job title is chief political correspondent, which I hope will encapsulate a few of the various different roles which I'm going to be doing.
1: You're very well regarded f- for your political analysis. So I, I'm curious as to whether we can um, <laughs> we can put you on a spot. Coming into this election professionally now, surveying the state of play, looking at the developments over the past few months, what is your read on the battlefield, I suppose, the political battlefield as of July 20?
2: Yeah, it's shifting, isn't it? And I think this week, for example, and probably for the last two years, there's been a really strong focus on law and order and on justice issues, and that's definitely at the forefront. But the economy, I think, is probably the thing that most New Zealanders are also deeply concerned about, and that's where this election's really going to be won and lost. For me, those two things, alongside health with it, a health workforce shortage and all the other myriad issues within health at the moment, those are some of the kind of key things that I'm looking at. I'm pretty worried about some of the cultural war stuff which is permeating the election, some of the um, kind of race baiting as well around the the fringes, which have been mainstreamed a bit more. But I think for for both of the Chris's, the major focus will be the economy and increasingly justice.
1: Is there a particular story that has happened this year that you've found yourself being like far out? I, I wish I was back in the game for that.
2: It really is the day-to-day stuff when you are kind of taking a, a back row seat, having had a front row seat for so long. Just watching the, the nuance of, of politics from quite a different perspective has been, has been really hard and it's been good as well. It's probably been quite healthy for me to be not so tragically obsessed.
0: Dover O'Brien, thank you so much for your time and welcome to The Stuff whanau. Woo! Thank you so much for having me. That was just a snippet of our interview with Tover O'Brien. We will be dropping the full thing in all its glory a little later today. We promise you, you do not want to miss this one. So keep your ears and eyes peeled.
1: Barbie movie chat is still coming up later on. Don't you worry. But uh, of course, there is another movie out today that we've not given as much love to. Apologies for that. Anyway, you can find us on TikTok or Instagram. Just search up newsableNZ. And you can also send us an email newsable at stuff.co.nz.
0: It feels like the Women's Football World Cup has been coming for ages, and it has. It's kind of been like the build-up to the Barbie movie in a sense. But the wait is over because it does start tonight, which is very, very exciting.
1: Yeah, kick-off in the first game is at 7pm between New Zealand and Norway. I'll be there. And here now is Sky's Christina. Eddie, hello, Christina.
3: Hello, yes it's finally here. How good, I feel like we've been talking about it for so long and today's the day so I can't can't wait.
1: Are you fizzing? Is, Is this like Christmas?
3: Oh it is. These big events are the highlights of your career, you know, you can't top being on the sideline and talking about something so incredible, you know, sport, live sport is fantastic. But also having 50,000 people around you, I know it's going to be a struggle to hear studio in my ears tonight because those big events, um, they they bring so much hype and and nothing ever quite lives up to it.
0: Now everyone keeps talking about why this is such a big deal. Can you just remind us why this is such a big deal?
3: Well over the course of this whole World Cup we'll have 2 billion people watching it. And now to put that into perspective, the Rugby World Cup usually gets around 500,000. So while we (laughs) fizz over the Rugby World Cup, and and, and rightly so because it's our sport and we should, um, the eyes that football gets, you just can't deny that football fans are just so passionate and they really get behind football. Um, And it's just such a massive event in that sense that it is so global. And it's FIFA and everything FIFA do seems to be huge um, and it has so much gravitas to it. So there's a lot of prize money on the line too for some of these nations. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it's the first time for some as well. So it's an exciting time for women's football Um, as they start to bridge the gap between some of the smaller nations who absolutely love it in their home countries and the big ones like USA who are just so professional.
1: We mentioned the USA air obviously they'll be front runners for this, this tournament, but who are some of the other teams, the more D-low teams, that you're keeping your eye on in the tournament?
3: Yeah, well it's interesting because I would have picked the USA, like you watch the fact that they have booked out an entire hotel, they have 200 um, support staff following them around, they're just the absolute pinnacle of mm. professionalism, we don't really see much like it, even in the men's game. But, you know, I've been looking at some of what some sort of statistic websites in that are backing based on recent performances. And they're actually tipping France to do really well, which is, you know, and they do really well in the men's game, too. And so they're probably front runners. You've also got the likes of Germany and Sweden in terms of the Europe powerhouses. And then you've also got the likes of um, Brazil as well. So they would be the ones I'd sort of, if you've got them in your sweepstake, I would be thinking that that's a pretty good shot.
0: Now, we will have a special bonus episode all about the football ferns dropping a little bit later today, but while we've still got you here, what are you hearing from within the team in terms of how confident and excited they are for tonight's game?
3: I think a little bit like us, they're just relieved that it's finally here. Like, it's such a massive deal as a player, and so many past players would have given, you know, their left arm to be able to play at a World Cup at home in front of their friends and family. This is such a massive Mm -hmm. occasion, and I no doubt, you know, if I'm feeling it, if even fans are feeling it, there's absolutely no doubt that they'll be like, right, I just need to walk out in front of this stadium. I just need to do it and I need to get game one done um, because these are massive occasions. But they are feeling confident, you know, and their showing against Vietnam was solid. They, they showed that they were much more put together than perhaps we've seen earlier in the year. So I think that nine-week training camp did them well and um, I'm just looking forward to seeing them in action tonight.
1: It's going to be a great time and hopefully it will capture the imagination of the country. Uh, over the next few weeks. Christina Ely, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. You can watch all 64 Women's World Cup 2023 matches on Sky or you can stream them on Sky Sport now.
0: And this weekend, Stuff is launching a dedicated tournament hub online. We'll be live streaming 26 games and there's all the on and off field action and drama too. So make sure you get amongst it. We're chatting cost of living in just a tick. But remember, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform. It'll help other people find us. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, the Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. It's almost a constant at every turn, the cost of living crisis. We've had a drop in inflation, though, down to 6% from 6.7. And of course, everyone wants to know if this means the situation's getting worse or if it's getting better.
1: But do we need to also look back as to how this happened in the first place? Well, let's do just that. With BNZ Chief Economist Mike Jones for this week's The Pulse. G'day, Mike. G'day, guys. Mike, remind us, how did we get... Into this pickle in the first place?
4: So I think about it in two phases. We came out of the pandemic, and globally, a whole bunch of stuff happened to supply chains and goods prices that caused those prices to spike. And, you know, New Zealand were a globalised economy, so we basically imported some of those higher costs of some stuff. Second phase was about how those higher prices that we imported kind of spread through the New Zealand economy. And as we kind of know, uh, you know the price of kind of everything went up, it was pretty unavoidable, it was pretty in your face, and that was kind of complex but also a symptom of the fact the economy was was actually in in good shape, we probably overstimulated it a little bit, which we've heard about since, and that, you know, there was a house price boom, people were kind of feeling good about their lot, when prices went up, people were able to pay those prices, and also then went to their employers and said, look, I, I need higher wages because the cost of living's gone up, and I need some compensation, which, kind of occurred, because there was a tight labour market, which then enabled people with the extra cash to go and buy more things. And so there was this, an element of this wage price spiral that sort of economists worry about that occurred. Um, and and hence we got cost of living spike or inflation at, you know, highs we haven't seen for, for 30 years.
0: We have had a financial crisis or two before. How would you say what we're living through now... Compares.
4: Look, I don't think it's a financial crisis. I mean, certainly um, cost of living wise, uh, it is, it is mm. perhaps a, a crisis. So I think that we, we all feel it more so than otherwise because the stuff that's gone up in price the most has been generally essentials that you can't avoid. You know, So whether it's transport, whether it's housing or in particular food. So everyone feels it and probably those at the lower socioeconomic end of the spectrum feel it relatively more as well.
0: All right, crystal ball time. What's the outlook?
4: what we're what we're looking at both globally and in New Zealand is inflation coming down uh, it's still really high it's too high a lot of those global prices have come all the way back down so the indicators are, are positive and in that inflation is going to fall but again you know inflation's a rate of change so all that means is prices go up at a slower rate prices themselves I think are pretty unlikely to go back to where we were you know 18 months ago but I think, the, the, the possible resolution to all this is more on the wage side. So as, as inflation falls over the next couple of years, I guess the hope is and our expectation is that wage growth still stays kind of reasonable. And so what happens is, you know, some of the purchasing power that people lost in terms of you know what you can buy with your weekly pay packet gets restored as inflation comes down. But wage growth kind of stays okay.
0: Mike Jones, BNZ chief economist. Thanks, guys. Okay. The day is finally here. Who would have thought that one of, if not the most anticipated movies of this year, would be about Barbie? I would have, actually, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's
1: twenty twenty three, right?
0: <laughs> well, I love her, so of course I would I would lean into this.
1: <laughs> she is of course Barbie. The <laughs> doll famous for having impossible human proportions. More jobs than George Santos. <laughs> And for making Marilyn Monroe look positively dowdy. Barbie is back. But did she ever really go away? Maria Teresa Hart is a Barbie expert and the author of Dole, which she describes as a non-fiction, pop-culture, feminist critique of Dole's Dole history and Dole culture. Hello there. How are you doing?
5: Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Any day I get to talk about Barbie is a good day.
0: <laughs> it seems like a bit of an obvious question here, but are you excited and have you been excited about this movie? Let's just lay all the cards on the table.
5: Totally, I am elated. I am just over the moon that this movie is coming out.
1: One thing I found curious about the past few months is like the, um, particularly in the in the in the women in my life of all ages, the genuine, serious excitement. And this is in, you know, grown women, 50, 60-year-old women. Like, what is it about Barbie that ignites this fire?
3: Yeah,
5: well, I think a couple things. I mean, first of all, I think this movie is benefiting quite a bit coming out now because specifically, I think we've had a couple of really lean, tough years with the pandemic, the global pandemic, and we are so starved for playtime and joy And so this movie has come out, and I think it's really given us this opportunity to beam ourselves back to our childhood bedroom and to our toy box or our backyard and really remember, oh, hey, this is what it felt like to play and to have that joyful experience of building this whole world out of nothing. Um, So I think those are kind of the things that are at play when you see all these different women of different generations
0: getting excited about the movie. Which Barbie's away? <laughs> Great question. I'm obviously news anchor Barbie.
1: You can't say who are we and then say, well, I'm
0: obviously this bit well, I'm Well, I'm just helping Maria out. She's only known me for, what, five minutes? And Maria's thinking about it.
5: Well, I mean, obviously, if there was a tagline for this Barbie movie, it would be, this Barbie does a podcast, right? That would yeah, be the, um, yeah. That would be the yeah.
0: tagline. We're podcast Barbies, exactly. <laughs> it's podcast, yeah. Surely she's next on the on the production line. Maria <laughs> Teresa Hutt, thank you so much for your time. It's been delightful to chat.
5: It was delightful to be here. Thank you.
2: I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account what, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics.
4: No, I promised I wouldn't have a to you got to Hang
0: into the National Party's no, attack I'm line there. Right, that I what, think Chris, it, it, it would be a resignation <laughs> offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction.
4: It, it, yeah,
1: we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if there. On. That sits
0: with you
2: perfectly
1: fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused
0: on. Whatever
2: happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you.
0: Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. I remember my first Barbie. Um, yeah, tell me about her. It's beautiful. My dad got her for me. But I remember holding her. She had like a turquoise or an aqua. I never know the which, which, which colour is which, but I know that they're very similar uh, dress. So I, of course, am for one interested and excited about this film. But you know what? We've not talked about Oppenheimer. You mentioned that earlier. Are mm. you more excited for Oppenheimer or Barbie? Because we've sort of hijacked...
1: Yeah, poor old Oppenheimer. Not much, not much limelight on Newsable. Um, I th- I would say I think that Oppenheimer will be a better movie, but I'm more excited about Barbie, for sure. How about you?
0: I think I'm in the same boat. Very excited for Barbie. Mm. Cannot wait for the visual spectacular that it's going to be. But probably Oppenheimer will be the better movie. I think
1: it might be um, company dependent. So my girlfriend's going to go and see it with with the girls. Oppenheimer. uh, Barbie. (laughs) But I'm thinking I might go and see Barbie with the lads. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I think there will be a a great time.
0: Oppenheimer's got an 87% score on Google.
1: There you go.
0: Anyway, make sure you let us know what you're more excited for. Barbie, Oppenheimer, neither.
1: Napoleon. The Ridley Scott movie with Joaquin Phoenix, absolutely frothing over All that.
0: what about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. Anyway, that's Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells.
1: And I'm Emile Donovan. Thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you tomorrow.
0: Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.